0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you one page of Talma that could help you stay sane during these days of social distancing and coronavirus scare. Today, we have the absolute pleasure to welcome back one of my favorite people on Earth, Dr. Bacheva Marcus, Clinical Director of Maze Health. Hello. Hi, Leo. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I mean, you know. I'm good. The sun is shining. That's the most important thing.
0: (laughs) You know, sometimes that's all we could ask for. Uh, We have to also ask for forgiveness from our listeners, the noises they hear on on both of our ends in the background. Our, Our children of various shapes, sizes, and ages Uh, running around as we're all cooped here together. But let us focus on the eternal, on this here Talmud, which today on page 13 gives us a story, Bacheva, that I I am completely lost and I really need your help. Yeah,
1: this is going to be challenging. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to
0: read the whole thing because it's very long, but it's basically the story uh, recounted by the sage in the school of Iliya of A young man, a young Torah scholar who studied very hard, uh, read a lot of Bibles, served a lot of Torah scholars extensively, he was a very good man, and he died very young. And his wife is very bitter and she was walking around with his tefillin, with his phylacteries and going around from synagogue to to bet Midrash, from synagogue to study hall and saying to everyone she meets there, you know, it's written on the Torah for it is your life and the length of your days. So my husband, he studied so much Mishnah, so much Talmud. He read so much Bible and he died so young. I mean, could you explain this to me? And so Eliyahu, one of the rabbis says, one time I was a guest in our house. And she was relating the entire event with regard to the death of her husband. And I said to her, my daughter, during the period of your menstruation, how did he, your husband, act toward you? She said to me, heaven forbid, he did not touch me even with his little finger. And I asked her, in the days of your white garments, after the menstrual flow ended, and you were just counting clean days, how did he act toward you then? She said to me, he ate with me and drank with me and slept with me with bodily contact, and however, it did not enter his mind about something else, i.e. conjugal relations. And I said to her, blessed is the omnipresent who killed him for this sin, as your husband did not show respect for the Torah. The Torah said, and to a woman in the separation of her impurity, you should not approach even mere affectionate contact is prohibited. So before we even continue to unpack this
1: yeah <laughs> this story tell
0: us tell us about about the laws of niddah the laws of purity that uh, are being discussed here
1: before i do that i just want to say uh, a couple of weeks ago you and i spoke and there was a beautiful i thought very moving and beautiful text about sex in the Talmud, the text we talked about and i said you know you know buckle up because the Talmud really swings back heavily and oh yes there's some really good and some really awful ones so you're really hitting like the most difficult and most troublesome right here okay Now let's talk about the laws of menstruation. So um, I'm going to give a very, very brief overview, which is the laws, and we keep them today. If you're observant and you want to keep the laws of, of NIDA, of menstruation, from the minute that your period begins, the minute you see blood and there's endless conversation about what seeing blood means, how big, how small, you have five days that are considered your menstruation days. At the end of those five days, you get a, um, you do an internal exam. You put in a white cloth of some sort. Check that you're clean. You then have seven clean days that you need to check to make sure that you're not bleeding at all. Those seven days. At the end of those seven days, you then immerse in a mikvah and you are then allowed to resume normal relationship with your husband and sort of depending how strictly you keep these laws you either don't have sex with your partner or with your husband or you really don't share a bed, touch, even share dishes, pass each other things. You know, it goes it can go on and on and on.
0: And so the the man in the story, the the young uh, Taurus caller who died before his time, his wife said, he of course would not have sex with her during those latter seven days, but he would share a bed with her and a meal with her and talk to her. And the rabbis say, "Well, you know, you weren't strict enough, which is why God struck you down."
1: Right, and also maybe touched her. I, I think. Right. There's the, a the couple already that touched her. Right, and and it's actually not the rabbis. It's actually Eliyahu, Eliyahu, Eliyahu and Navi. This is actually talking about Eliyahu, mm-hmm. who's saying this to them. Right. So yes, it's so disturbing. Yes, Eliyahu is saying it is so bad. It's such a terrible thing that you did. That it's good that he was struck down. Like it's so awful that it's good that he struck you
0: down. Yeah, we, we did him a favor by by taking him before his time.
1: Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let you ask questions.
0: <laughs> so, as as an expert uh, and 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 an Orthodox woman uh, and someone who spends a lot of her time studying and thinking about these issues, reading a text like this today brings up what in you? Uh, how what 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 can we take from a text like this other than kind of a deep sense of discomfort for a lot of us more modern listeners.
1: Yeah, so so I, I have to tell you, when I thought about this text, I was sort of brought back to when I was doing my master's at um, JTS and Jewish studies, and we were. And this is like a long time ago, Lail. This is like thirty years ago or something, thirty-five years ago. And we were doing some text that had to do with Hillel Law Administration, and we were learning it. And and somebody said, "Oh my God! Like I can't believe these archaic laws are like even still discussed or something." And I was like, "Still discussed? <laughs> I actually do this. <laughs> you know what I'm I actually and like I think like." 10 faces turned and looked at me or 50 faces. And they're like, really? Like, I felt like all of a sudden, like I was on, you know, exhibit from museum, like Orthodox women still do this. And so your question is, what can we take from this text? But I I think it's sort of almost, it's not unreasonable to ask the larger, like, how do you deal with all of these laws in life? But we we can put that away and talk about that another time. But do know that, For many of us who consider ourselves feminists, this is something, this is a challenge that we struggle with all the time. There's a couple of ways to approach this text. One is to say, and this is the approach I'm more comfortable with, frankly, there are some texts in the Talmud that are very positive and lovely, and there are some texts in the Talmud which are intensely problematic, and this is one of the problematic ones, and it's not one of the ones that I think, you know, we need to take to heart from a, you know, Getting a message point like we don't pick up messages from everything in the Talmud. To a certain degree, we pick and choose. Talmud gives us so many voices. This is one of those voices we want to ignore. So that I feel like not ignore. You need to look at it. You need to understand it. You need to kind of get the context of
0: Deprioritize, it.
1: Deprioritize maybe. De- exactly. Deprioritize or say to yourself, well, it's kind of an interesting story. It's interesting to see sort of so you know sociologically what was going through people's minds. But this is not something I'm taking a any kind of personal message from. So that's one way to approach it. And it is the way I'm more comfortable with. The other way to approach it might be to say, there are times when people look at laws that are, You know, serious laws, and then they have you know the darine put around them, like with things that we put around those laws in order to kind of extend them. You know, so in this case, there's the seven days of menstruation, and then there's the white clean days afterwards. I don't, I hate the word clean, but those white days afterwards, and um, don't don't as a as a sort of from a you know meta way. I think that the the secondary pieces that we sort of put around to be to kind of be a fence around the the main laws should be taken less seriously than the main laws. And and I think I think that's honestly what the Tomlin is trying to get at here. Like, don't think that because, you know, you think it, the issue is much more stri- strict when you're menstruating. You need to take the secondary laws seriously as well so i kind of think that's where they're going with right. this if, if we um, bothered yeah.
0: erecting um laws to govern this particular area of life don't think that you could kind of you know reduce it to a metaphor and be like oh i kind of get what it's saying I, I won't do x in time correct. y but the rest of it ah, don't worry about that
1: correct and, huh. I, and I i yeah, right so i sort of think that is that is where where they're going with this and um and I, I think, you know, in general, the laws, they, they tend to be very strict. You'll see, like, there's a lot of discussions about how strict people have to deal with these laws. And I think that goes back to the issue of sexuality and how central it is. Not so much how hard is it is to keep it. That's not another piece, but maybe more how central it is to who we are as human beings, like, and how critical all of this is.
0: I love that approach very much, if only because, you know, the Talmud is a strange book like that, right? Because on the one hand, it is about, laws. It's a very strict compendium of halachot of exactly what we're supposed to do. But on the other hand, if you really wanted to bring down laws this is probably the worst way to do it, right? Because it's all these endless disputations between people and how to interpret the laws and it's, you know, never actually gives you or rarely gives you kind of a very, 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 very definitive answer without asking at least three questions to sort of complicate things. So it's both encouraging us to be very, very serious about laws, but at the same time, also permits us and, and almost, you know, thrusts us into the situation where we have to be really, really questioning of everything and anything and anyone.
1: Right. I I, I think that's 100% true. And I think that, you know, try, if, you, if you try, it's such a joke, Liel. if you tried to follow the Talmud, you'd be like, you can't because things contradict each other, exactly what you're saying. So it's a matter of like, sort of thinking things through. And I think there is a tendency from people to kind of, Sort of shrug and say, well, that's not important, and this isn't so important, and that isn't so important, and maybe it takes bearing a second look at some of those things.
0: And as a reminder, it's all important, and it's all negotiable, or all yeah, debatable, ex- I should say.
1: Exactly. I know. I think I think that's really true. But I, I just – I do want to say at some point – and I'm sure we'll have other conversations because – menstruation and these laws are discussed endlessly endlessly and there's so many issues that come up for women um men too but women in particular about the not understanding women's bodies and not taking things seriously and kind of second guessing women's experiences and it's complicated and you know I feel like it's it's just like it's a whole other world to delve into and I, you know we'll have conversations I do think I just want to say that it's not I don't think it's all bad like people listen to you know think about the laws of Nida, and they think, oh my God, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. And I would say to you, parts of it I kind of agree with, and sometimes I think it can do really not bad things for people's sex lives. Um, So I I, I tend to think of this as being a little less black and white, the whole series of laws. So for whatever that's worth, yeah.
0: But Sheva Marcus, when these complicated issues arise in, in future episodes, in future tractates, in future pages, I am thrilled that I know exactly who to call. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you,
0: Leo. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Da Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebwitz, our producers, Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon.